So this afternoon, um, I'd like to reflect a bit on refuge. And uh, <coughs> so we have um, in this tradition the taking refuge and perhaps for some of us this is quite meaningful and something we do regularly or have done and really really connect with and some of us perhaps not so much and um, so what I hope to do to help us to do during this talk is to reflect um, to reflect a bit on where do we seek refuge? Um, where do we find ourselves looking for a safe place, a, a safe haven, security, a place of uh, sanctuary? And uh, where do we find that? Um, Do we find that? So to me, that's that's the inquiry, really. That's the sort of the exploration in our practice, you know. It's sort of moment to moment and in our life where we... We see, we see, or we can we can look into seeing what we're actually leaning on, or you know what we're sort of relying on, and now just noticing how sometimes that feels like we're we're finding a some sense of really true refuge. Or, a real place we can rest, something we can really trust. And sometimes we realize, you know, the rug gets pulled. (laughs) And we realize that we had been resting and relying on something that is not (laughs) capable of providing that. (laughs) And it, it feels to me, in my experience anyway, that regularly that's how I'm turned in a way back towards asking this question of what is true refuge. You know, when the I've been lucky enough to have pretty good health and then get ill, it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know, in recognition of how much actually sort of sense of well being and okay and all of that sort of resting on that the body being all right, you know, and then it isn't and whoa. You know, we're different areas of our life where we, we all do this, I, I think, isn't it? And, and, and relationships is a, is a big one for us. And how much we cling to others and how to recognize that and deal compassionately, wisely with, with that. We can't just, you know, chop, right? That's done with everybody, no? 
but how to recognize how we are making the things of this world, you know, money, house, job, etc. We, through our sort of unconscious looking for in that what it cannot provide, you know, oh, we can see, oh, I'm, yeah, there's clinging, you know, there's a projected promise, Christina's great phrase, you know, we, we sort of wake up to that sense of what we've invested in a person or an activity or a place or a, you know, and, oh, you know, we've, we've projected a sense of somehow investing that place, that, you know, that person, that whatever it is, that activity with, oh, you know, when, when if or if only, then, (laughs) then it will be all right. Or, I know, it's, and it's such a, such a, almost a kind of such a strong part of our conditioning. So we, we recognize that that's, that creeps into our relationship with the things of our life and our world. And so it's not that, again, that we're not, uh, you know, we can't have work and relationships. What's our relationship to that? Are we seeking in that a a place of, you know, reassurance and sanctuary inside? It cannot offer. It cannot offer that. And in a way, I think then that frees us both to be more... You know, it's like work is just work and it's irksome and it's horrible and it's great and it's whatever it is. And we're not wanting, we're not, you know, kind of grasping at it and asking it to provide us with something, you know, that it can't give. And also, you know, in this, obviously what's really been acted out, we see, we see, you can see this really clearly coming sort of, sort of vivid technicolor on retreat that it's actually these patterns of of busyness or wanting or you know kind of this things that can come in waves or just um patterns of anxiety or you know self views that are so difficult and unhelpful that keep coming of kind of coming in and 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 pulling us out of presence, you know, pulling us away from our true resource, our, our, our true refuge, that which is available here and now in any circumstances. So I feel this is one of the marks of true refuge, is that it's always available. That it is not dependent on things being a certain way, or even our mind being a certain way. So this, is, this is something quite, isn't it, quite revolutionary in a way. And something, you know, for our, for our life, well, on retreat as well, we, you know, we go through the, the ups and the downs and the clarities and the confusions and the beautiful states and the not-so-beautiful states. And this sense of refuge, something we can turn to any time and find um, support, find sanctuary.
So perhaps part of the practice of refuge is this honest inquiry, both into, you know, where we, you know, the go running off to, to, you know, find respite. And this sort of looking like, does it, does it really work? <laughs> or seeing how much energy work and work goes into making it give a little bit, you know. Yeah, you know, if I get it all organised and yeah, you know, for a while, for a few minutes, hours, days, I, I have this feeling, this, you know, certain kinds of happiness. And and again, you know, it's not that that we didn't. It's not about necessarily not, you know, doing that and and creating beneficial conditions in our life that give rise to happiness. But do you see, it's like if 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 we if 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 we're not doing it consciously, then we're really setting ourselves up for suffering. So the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And I know, again, for some people, maybe there's a very immediate sense of, ah, yeah, sort of connection, personal sense of, you know, it means something, it resonates in the heart. It's sort of the external word, image, you know, I've lit some candles. The external, the 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 concept can um, trigger or catalyze or reflect back to us. And it's just something beautiful, something that we again is always helpful to have, sort of be reminded of this this meaning of the word saranam, the Pali word, which is the word where it's used for um, taking refuge. It, it means to remember, or that has that strong connotation. It's not interesting, like mindfulness, sati. There's something about recollection and remembering. It's like so much of practice, isn't it? It seems to be about forgetting and remembering, and forgetting and remembering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgetting and remembering. So we can take refuge and reconnect with. Um, these beautiful jewels, um, you know, whenever we need to, on a daily basis, you know, it's, it's something we can touch and recognize, or like a mirror. But I want to say a little bit about each one. And but I think one thing I found really helpful um, was a talk given here by a teacher called Jitindria. And I really picked up from her this invitation to personalize refuge. Because I couldn't quite, I liked, you know, Buddha and bowing and chanting and it's kind of lovely, and, but it didn't really, you know, something in me was going, well, that's very nice, but, <laughs> or and. And she talked about the Buddha, that we can, we can connect with that through a sense of, of honoring or acknowledging, or seeing reflected back to us, again, that mirror image of awareness. Awareness. That this, this great, great um, 
capacity of, of mind that is so key to awakening, so key to healing, and so immediate and so given and so overlooked. You know, like <laughs> a lot, a lot. Um, that to take refuge in awareness, again, not, not as an absolute statement of truth and reality, but as a skillful means. It's like I could really, oh, yeah, you know, that, again, you may be to find your own resonances, but yes, you know, okay. Can, and I know for me personally, um, sitting in the hall looking that way, but for a lot of years, that for me, looking at the Buddha would be um, about encouragement. Somehow, that was a conditioning. You know, that was the um, that was what I kind of imbued that image with. Was a sense I would look, so I'd be struggling, and I'd look at the Buddha, and I would go with kind of receive encouragement. So I think, you know, and that kind of arose quite naturally. So again, for for different ones of us, maybe it's quite naturally different resonances or we just ignore it, you know, or, or we can come quite intentionally. Or, you know, we can, you know, maybe we have some resistance to the image and the associations with it which feel really unhelpful. And then there's the possibility of kind of dropping down through the layers of that, saying, is there something here, you know, that's that can really um, help to, again, reflect back to me something about, some truth about my potential, you know, for awakening that I keep forgetting and I keep ignoring that actually this is reflected back to me. Again, there may be many other images and a candle or just nature, I think, can sometimes be a great mirror to us, aren't it? So again, we can find refuge or find the, the inner refuge um, kind of catalyzed and supported in, in so, many, so many different ways. But yeah, part of what feels important about this to me is to recognize, it's like I feel like, to acknowledge that there is, there, there are elements of our practice, elements of of that which are which are really trustworthy that we can begin to you know have a little little bit of faith in and let that gradually grow just that tiny little sliver of yeah actually hmm, I, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> letting that letting really acknowledging that um, okay so just the Buddha. Buddha, I love that word anyway. Buddha. Beautiful meaning of uh, awake. Oh. Waking up. Another thing I think is so interesting about the refuges that, that the Buddha, I mean, I don't know exactly how these evolved. You know, in the suttas, if you read, don't you keep seeing at the end of a really inspiring discourse by the Buddha, somebody's 
really inspired and says, I go to the Buddha and the Dharma and the Sangha for refuge for life. I think that's kind of really lovely as well. It's like taking that sense of inspiration, you know, you go, yeah, and and kind of letting that then be a, a kind of support to a kind of sense of rededication and recommitment. Because we do get discouraged and we do get confused and we do go off the rails, etc. And that being able to read, just uh, let that support us in a sense of, oh, right, course correction. You know, yeah, we. <laughs> it's a zigzag path, isn't it? I love that. You know, that image from this great book by Susan Jeffers called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And she's, the plane gets to its destination having been off course for something like 90. 98% of the time or something. I find that very encouraging. <laughs> but still, there's the destination. Yeah, so. so there's images of that which can be give us a sense of, of a direction. And there is a direction. And perhaps that brings us you know, into time, a sense of allowing, you know, sense of developing over time, which is a sense of patience and... You know, allowing allowing there to be a process of awakening. It's like now, come on, come on, like come on. Which maybe sometimes can be really helpful. It's like okay, wait, come, come on. That's like it's not it's not delay. But but also there can be perhaps this sense of the the refuge again as a mirror to waking up here and now. The sense of the. The realization, the, the the realization, the realizing capacity is it's not somewhere else. It's not in the future. It's always now. And so we can it's like you see, it's like the refuge can give us that sense of a, a path and support, but it can also be Oh, it's always somehow about what's possible right now, and that yeah, that that can again that conditioning that pulls us out away into the future, into the past. It's like that's sort of bringing us back. So, one other thing about about Buddha maybe is about allowing. Allowing that to mirror, reflect back to us our our true potential, and for us to dare to have the courage, to have the I think of the word um, daring, you know, to to really acknowledge and accept our own potential for greatness. That feels like quite a scary thing to say. <laughs> I don't know how it, how it sounds or how it feels to hear that. Because, you know, there's images of getting, you know, overblown and, you know, big, big ideas about yourself. That's, that's, not, that's not what I mean. I think it's that... It's that um, acceptance that, or yeah, I mean, I guess that takes some maybe inquiry and 
patience with it really does this whole this whole this it really does include me <laughs> there's this great bit at the end of Sharon Salzberg's book on faith you know where you it's something like that and this includes and she gets there's this gap where you can write your name in and then, this is you know and I, and I think there's, there's something in that where yeah, again allowing ourselves to be to have our, our great potential acknowledged open to okay um, hmm. so I wanted to read you one little quote for each jewel and uh, this is my quote for the Buddha jewel this is a quote, this is a piece I love from Kenpo, Tibetan Rinpoche. He says, Your experiences will always change, will go up and down, but what is of innate value in you lies in your love and awareness. What's important is not the particular experience we're having, which will change anyway. What's important is confidence in the nature of awareness itself. So a little bit about the second jewel, Dhamma. The the way I, I was preparing, the way it came to me, obviously Dharma is vast. I mean, so is the Buddha. It's like, what to say? Hmm. <laughs> so, it's the truth of the way things are and the teachings about that that help us to practice so we can realize that. I'll say that again. Kind of, I kind of. It's like the the Dharma is the truth of the way things are, and the teachings that help us to practice in order to realize the way things are. So, the 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 jewel, the refuge of the Dharma is is this. Maybe you could say this learning and translating the ideas and you know practices of different teachers say this and we try this and we try that and uh. <laughs> and actually translating that into what is really truly genuinely intimately helpful for our unfoldment, for our awakening, for our healing. And in my experience, you know, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm a deluded type or something. It's not obvious to me. Well, there's this gap between, you know, the ideas and the concepts and things, and then what it takes to actually really bring it home, or to really... For it really to be, uh, mm, 
not another source of conflict in our being, in our mind. I mean, not to say sometimes, you know, maybe there inevitably there has to be kind of, you know, struggling to understand, you're trying, you're experimenting. Is it possible to experiment without struggle? That we're not, that the teachings and the practices, we let them be supportive, let them be a refuge rather than, you know, another thing that we've got to get or we haven't got or somebody else has got or... I'm never going to get, or I've got poor all those other people who haven't got it yet, or whatever, <laughs> variations. That, that it's this kind of part of this really coming home, not, not to ourself in terms of who we think we are, but really coming home to, you know, life, maybe. Actual life. And this 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 um, fruition of wisdom, so that the skillfulness, the you know that we're really learning that there are ways of using our attention and intention, you know that whatever is happening, that that actually makes all the difference in terms of suffering, dukkha. And also, there are ways of seeing their views. There's there's right view. There are ways of seeing things that you know really take the suffering out of, out of it. There are really ways of looking and seeing things that are bringing the suffering. And we gradually, you know, we gently, gradually unearth these views and expose them so they can die off. So Dhamma, huge, huge, you know, and it's really each of us, it's our practice, it's our, it's our commitment to explore and you could say to wonder to question and to whatever your longing whatever your longing is is your practice one question I found really helpful in connecting the perhaps deeper wider the longings or the aspirations with now is to ask what is it most important for me to remember now Here and now, this, I find that really helpful. And again, this this quality of remembering, which is so key to refuge. And uh, I want to read you a little Dharma jewel um, from Thich Nhat Hanh. So he says, go back to the present moment, become more fully alive. Don't run anymore. Go back to the here and the now and get in touch with the wonders of life that are available for nourishment and healing. Don't run anymore. So the sangha. Sorry, the sangha is a bit low. Sangha's over here. If you can't see that, anyway, not less important. So the beauty of sangha is so, is so isn't it? It's so 
apparent on a retreat like this where we and just then I sense it even you know just not being in the hall much and just such a such a so powerful sense of shared intention and aspiration and I feel so grateful for that so thank you it's been a, a very very inspiring and supportive time for me too and that we um, recognize that there are people who we know, people we don't know, or teachers past and present and, and others who somehow help um, embody that's, that sense of, of what's possible and uh, encourage us and how much we encourage each other and what when we um, what is it when we consider community that when we open to that sense of a, a sort of being part of a you know community of practitioners in in space and time think of all the other people in the world practicing now and in the past and all of the other beings who may be not practicing in this but who are working to awaken to generate love and compassion in the world and somehow it's part of our awakening where we're acknowledging and recognizing our the lack of of real separation isn't there, bet- between between us that we can open to and again Sharon Salzberg described as an ocean of blessings and we can feel our our whole life to be more um, kind of in that field in that that field of of intention that, that we can actually access again anywhere anytime we can we can reconnect with that. We can find encouragement, and also feel in that how we are also a refuge for others. We we through our practice we become a support and a refuge to others. So um, a little part of a, a teaching that I'm not sure where it's from actually just on the this Sangha may all beings all living things all who come to be one and all may they see every blessing may no evil at all come to them without limit is Buddha without limit is Dhamma without limit is Sangha So um, what I'd like to invite you to do now is um, I want to have just uh, some time for, for us to reflect together 
And just as you as you wish, just to sit quietly, reflect, or just practice and just feel your own your own presence. Or to really, if you wish, to, to use it as a moment to take refuge. You know, and we have the the Kuan Yin and the Buddha, we have the Sangha here. And just to sit quietly with yourself and to see what you're moved to acknowledge or sort of lift up for yourself in this moment. Like what is it you want to kind of, you know, lift up and, and um, maybe it's a sort of possibility of a moment of re- recommitment or st- strengthening an intention or, or even just celebrating and, and, and kind of giving thanks for something that has already been given. And just to see what comes into your heart, your mind, and in whatever way feels appropriate, just to um, have that sense of uh, something, something I can trust in. There's something here that can really support uh, my practice and also be of benefit to all beings everywhere. And if there's a gesture, if there's a, a physical gesture you'd like to make, you know, maybe putting your hand in your heart or, you know, palms together, or if you want to bow or prostrate or stand up, and you know, maybe stand still in the light. So just to see what you're moved to do, we'll just sit for five minutes or so. And then I'll, I'll ring the bell and that will um, bring the session, session to an end. So does that, does that make sense? Any questions? Okay, so thank you for listening and um, gesture of real heartfelt wish for each of us to, to really come to know and to be able to access true refuge now and always.